Don't look back because the market is closed. Good Thursday afternoon, everyone. Kip Harrods here with the Daily Beard Investing Podcast. Hope you had a good day today. Markets had a good day today. Going to talk about uh, the really important things happening now. We are reaching, and this has really been our theme for the last month or so as we've gone through this seasonal weakness here. But this is important. This is a time to be locked in right now, folks, especially if you want to crush the market uh, in the fourth quarter because we're coming up on it right now. Uh, front running is happening. Going to talk to you about the importance of sentiment, the importance of seasonality, and the importance of technicals because right now they're all converging and saying one thing. We may not be at the exact close yet, but man, we are sniffing it. We are right there, and this could be a big move higher. We got a, uh, we got a, uh, uh, I got a DM or a text. I can't remember. I got a reply from somebody yesterday. I was talking about this roaring twenties. That's been our theme now for about a year, uh, and uh, uh, about this big bull market. And somebody said, "Man, what are you smoking? What, what are you smoking? Do you not know what is going on here? This market's been terrible. Nothing's going up. What do you?" You know, the S P five hundred is Tyler reminded me yesterday, he said in the podcast, the S P five hundred is only up twenty two percent from the October thirteenth lows. I mean that's that may not be uh, record setting, but I think twenty two percent uh from last October thirteenth, you know, is a is a pretty good move higher. Of course Nasdaq's done better. And I think really that's that's a that's kind of a snapshot of where we are right now. You know, uh we we've had three bear markets in five years from nineteen eighty nineteen eighteen to twenty thirteen. The each one of these bear markets, this I don't think this is well first of all, I don't ever hear this talked about. Uh I think it's 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 probably as important as anything to understand the backdrop and to understand the 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 deeply and pervasively negative sentiment that is out there where people are simply scared to death. We hear it all the time. You probably are. Look, there's a lot of reasons to be scared. There's a lot of bad things going on. I'm just saying that's not when the markets go down. It's just not when they go down a lot. Yeah, we've had a minor correction this month, what, 5 7% for NASDAQ, S&P 500. But you don't have – the things we see now that are happening are the things you see happening at a, at a more of a bottom instead of a top. Certainly this pervasive negativity, I call it psyopic negativity out there, uh, that is, uh, it's just all, all encompassing, right? So people really do think that the market's terrible. People really do think the economy is terrible. I have, uh, my good friend Wayne Allen Root and I, we have daily text battles back and forth about this exact topic. And, and I, I think we've both decided neither one's going to change the other's mind. But Wayne's like, Kip, all I do is hear from people all day long. I go to events. Of course, Wayne's the hardest working guy in the world because everywhere I go, people are telling me how bad things are. And I'm like, okay, who are you talking to? Because let's just be, let's be honest. Let's be honest. Home prices, all time high. That matters because 68.8% of the country owns at least one home. Home prices, all time high. Uh, uh, consumer net wealth, all time high. Uh, uh, homeowners have the highest amount of net equity in their home than at any point in history. I think it's like 58, 59%. I, I need to research that. That was a few months ago. Maybe it's just a once a year thing they put out, but that, that's about where it was. Again, net equity in homes never been higher. Uh, credit scores for homeowners never been higher. The, 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 the American deleveraging story. I, I'm going to be on Charles Payne's show tomorrow, uh, making money. And I'm, this is this is what I hope we can talk about. It's going to be in my uh, a very letter tomorrow, and they want to see that 
you know, in the morning, the day you're on, so they know what to talk to you about. And they pull some things from it, and you find out on the show whether or not they're going to use it or not. They pretty much blindside you. You really don't have any idea what Charles is going to ask you to talk about, which makes it even more fun, of course, on national TV. But I'm going to uh, write this up tomorrow because it's something we focused on, and it's so important. And I know, I know there's a lot of neg- negative. I know there's a lot of reasons to be negative. It's not, I, I, it's not that I don't get it, folks. Okay, it's not that I don't get it, but perspective does matter, especially if you're an investor. And when this, when when you understand the really remarkable story of American deleveraging that's taking place in the last 15 years. Um, we all remember 2007, 2008. We all remember being scared to death. Uh, our homes were collapsing in value. So many people lost their homes. We were doing events all over the world that did a lot of U.S. events uh, in 2006, 2007, 2008. And I was telling people starting in late 2006, folks, don't, don't, don't use leverage. If you're over leveraged, if you have too many homes, this is not the time to have that kind of exposure. Uh, and sadly, uh, I was right. Uh, but I think we helped prepare a lot of people for it as well. But that experience taught us so much. Certainly taught our kids, millennial generations, so much. Uh, we all knew, we all know from that time what we never want to go through again. And again, this can't be overstated, in my opinion, because we ch- we changed the way we look at money and the way we use debt. Debt's not a bad thing, but obviously if you're over leveraged and you have a crash in the housing market, you're pretty much screwed. And that is what happened. So we changed. Uh, but the, uh, basically just round numbers here, the average consumer, uh, now has 25% less debt than they had in 2007. Uh, and that is a debt compared to disposable income. And I think that's the most honest way to look at it. U.S. companies, this is even more remarkable, I think. About 25% is a whole lot less. You know, we hear about, well, credit card debt is all-time high of a trillion dollars. Yeah, it just doesn't matter. Now, now tell me what the percentage is compared to disposable income, compared to GDP. Look at companies. The average company now has their 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 debt 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 to uh, a total market value for for U.S. corporations is now at fifty year lows. So these things matter. The American deleveraging story is a story that very few people are talking about. And again, this is the the thing that Wayne and I go back and forth with. He's like. I don't care about any of that, Kip. I just know that people are really depressed and they're really negative. And I'm like, I get that, but emotion kind of doesn't matter when you're talking about investing. I mean, uh, look, there's a whole other podcast I, I could do that just, just negates what I just said because animal spirits absolutely matter. Tyler got into this yesterday. It's a great podcast from Tyler yesterday talking about understanding the macro side and where we are in a new bull market. And we all get obsessed, very myopic in these day-to-day moves and month-to-month moves. But, you know, it's, it's, it's the long-term investors that really come out shining. In, in at the birth of a new bull market, which is where we believe we are now. I think the evidence makes it pretty clear. I still see we still see people that are saying this is a bear market rally, and I'm like, what? I don't even know how you can say that. I, I don't even know. I mean, a new bull market is defined by a move of twenty percent off the lows. That's the definition. So, by what definition are you saying we're in a bear market rally? Because that just I've never heard anything like that. But anyway, the point is, we had three bear markets in, in five years. 
The average stock lost more than 50% value in all three of those. Brutal, right? And, and I understand the negativity, but again, the consumer's in, in great shape. They, we, the consumer's in great shape. We, we just are. We are, we are in great shape. Uh, that's just, there's no other way to say it. Inflation sucks, and it's been horrible. We've all had to deal with this, of course. But wage growth has been up 4.4% over the last year. It's actually outpaced inflation over the last year. So it has helped to ease some of the pain. Um, you know, again, we get very myopic, don't we? So I just know that uh, I never short America. Uh, best country on the planet. There's no other country. I think probably anyone listening to this would rather live in uh, because of the opportunity here and the freedom that we do have. You know, of course, all these things are in peril now. Uh, and if we have a, a dim sweep next year, which I'm very concerned about, you know, then we might be talking a very different story. Uh, but uh, anyway, the point being here, uh, and I, I'm going to lay all this out for Charles tomorrow, is that this pervasive negativity is fuel for the fire. We see it in, uh, in cash flow, seven trillion record. $7 trillion sitting in money market funds. Now, a lot of that money is coming to money market funds from bank deposits because, of course, they're getting 5% of money market accounts. So that helps to explain it. But still, that's a lot of that's a record level of cash on the sidelines. We see the same thing for companies. Uh, again, debt levels, 50-year lows. We see the same thing. There's like $2.9 trillion available right now in dry powder uh, for companies that specialize in mergers and acquisition activity. And so we think there's going to be a big rally there uh, on that side as well, the financial engineering that we talk a lot about here and that we wrote about in the big bribe. So I don't want to get too repetitive, but look, Tyler laid this out for yesterday. I'm going to walk you through this now. Uh, we believe that we are going to have a, a really good multi-day rally. We think it's already started. I think it started yesterday about midday. Remember, the Dow was down over 300 points, NASDAQ down over 100 points, and then boom, it's like a light switch went off. Here came the rally caps. And, uh, you know, we had a, we had a very, very good smart money hour. Uh, let's jump into the market first today. Good day today. Not a great close, but still a solid day today all the way around. Dow Jones up 116 points, up three tenths of 1%. SVO 100 up six tenths of 1%. Rust 2000, which led higher yesterday, up another nine tenths of 1% today. It's good to see. Uh, Rust 2000, small caps, are the it's the worst looking chart of all the major indexes. You know, well below the 200 day, but extreme, extreme oversold. This is this is a good play here, I think. Uh, and then we have to find out if we need a double bottom. I kind of think Todd and I just talked about this. I kind of think that this rally. Matter of fact, I feel pretty confident saying uh, that this rally that we have, that started yesterday at midday, and we think it's going to continue in the next week, may run out of of fuel. Uh, because October is crash month, still got a lot of bears loading up. They're selling rallies. And, you know, look, we still technically there's been some damage done. Some uh, support lines have been broken. I think we'll have a double bottom. I think that we'll have this rally that extends into next week. Again, front running is happening now in advance of fund flows coming in, retirement plans, pension plans, you know, all, all the money that buyback programs, all that money that comes in at the beginning of a new month and new quarter. Of course, that's what we're entering uh, starting on Monday. So I think it gives us enough fuel for a really good rally. And after that, uh, I, I, I kind of think we'll, I think it'd be healthy, uh, to have a, a another, uh, a, a sell off and to to double bottom. Technically speaking, double bottoms are are really uh, are really can be really bullish. And I, look, we're we're going to have a big move higher to year end. That's what we've been calling for a long time. Seasonality backs it up. Seasonality. It's been the best year for, for analytics. Seasonality. This is the best year that I can remember uh, in my career. Everything that's it should have worked has worked when it's supposed to. 
And now people are starting to front run seasonality. So again, that's another reason why we probably have a rally in front of us here. Um, but you know, we do, we spend a lot of time here, uh, analyzing the broad markets and the economy. And we do that because number one, we love doing it. Uh, but if you can time the markets and I, and, you know, we all heard people say, Oh, you can't time the markets. Of course they're wrong. But if you can time the markets correctly, then making money in the market becomes so much easier because then you know when to get more aggressive. You know when to leverage up and you know what sectors to be in. You have a better fuel for the market. And we just, the rubber band got stretched too far. You know, we got way too negative, not just with, neg- not just with sentiment, put call ratio, all that. But of course, uh, 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 we, we just got way too negative for the technicals. You got extreme oversold. So rubber band stretched too far. It's time for a bounce back. And that's what's happening now. But by timing the markets effectively, you know what? Uh, you can, you can really pad your gains by, by a bunch. You know, as long as you know when to hit the gas and be aggressive and when to back off, raise some cash or just not buy anymore, you know? And so that's what we try to do here. I've just done this too long. I hate paying too much for things. You know, and I know you do too. So this is, uh, this is like, I think a really smart money conversation that we can have. Uh, and if you stick to the discipline, then I, 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 we, I think we've proven over time that you can beat the markets. If you're disciplined and you stick to it, that's the hard part, right? And not let emotion drive you. Again, that's easier said than done. I understand that. But man, there's also never been a better time to be a contrarian. I'm telling you straight up, uh, contrarians and conspiracy theorists have been right for 20 years. We're the only ones that have been right. I'm a proud conspiracy theorist. I'm a proud contrarian. I think it's more important than ever. When you combine that with sentiment, with seasonality and technicals, man, that's a, that's a powerful that's a powerful game you got, you know. So uh, what else? Again, a put call ratio yesterday, folks, closed at 1.3. Tyler covered this in detail. Uh, equity only was 1.41. These are the highest readings of the year. This is extreme bearishness, and that's when rallies happen. Fear and greed index uh, hit 24. This I haven't checked at the close today, but it was hit 20. It was 24 this morning. That's extreme fear. And people say some people don't take the fear and greed index seriously. I. I don't really understand these people because it's not the only thing we look at. That's just one tool, you know. It's just one piece of the puzzle. But also the AAI Investor Sentiment Survey, which I've voted in since the late 1980s, came out last night to once-a-week survey. And, man, listen to this. Bulls fell to 27.8%, down 3% of the week. Bears are at 40, almost 41%. So we'll round up 28% bulls to 41% bears. Does that sound like a market bottom or a top to you if you're a contrarian? All right, this is where sentiment is so incredibly important, and it works like a charm. It just always does. Um, another big thing – again, Tyler covered this yesterday. Another big theme of ours is not – we don't want to try to get too cute. That's why we didn't take a lot of profits and sell a lot of positions at the July peak because we just didn't want to get whipsawed. And you, know, you never know how big a, a pause or a correction is going to be. But so far, this has been uh, pretty much what you'd expect, pretty bang on to what you'd expect in September, which, of course, is the worst month of the year. And now we're coming out of it. Uh, so we just made the decision not to try to get too cute. Uh, we are, and we said this is, again, another theme of ours. We are in a powerful new bar- bull market of size and scope, and it's going to power the market higher for years to come. Um, so we, we are, we, we, uh, we know that buy the dips has been the most, one of the most effective, if not the most effective smart money strategies, 
for for this bull market for the last seven eleven months, and we will we'll we like repeating patterns, so we'll continue to use that until it stops working. We think it's working really well, and it's we think this is if if you buy here and you go all in, are you going to regret it? No, I don't think so at all. Uh, again, we try to we try to time things as closely as possible, but yeah, I think you're buying here. I think a year from now you're going to be really glad that you did. Uh, almost doesn't matter what you pay for stuff at this point. Um, but again, bottom line, we're looking for a multi-day move higher to kick in. New month, new quarter, all the fun flows coming in. And again, now people start anticipating Q3 earnings. Q3 earnings are bottom, folks. Anybody, even the bears will tell you this. We went through a trout in earnings, and now that's over with. We've come out of that trough, and we're now moving higher as far as earnings go. And I think earnings are good, really going to surprise people. Guidance is going to be the question. Again, all this pervasive negativity, we have to find out, has it reached the CEO's desk? You know, are the CEOs going to be out there saying, well, we did it in a quarter, but boy, we're really worried about the next two quarters. I don't think that's going to be the primary theme. You're going to have some companies saying it. Some always do. But then you get the, 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 the like the two CEOs of the two biggest banks, right? Bank of America, Brian Moynihan yesterday. And then we had Jamie Dimon. Jamie Dimon saying be very concerned rates could go to seven tenure could go to seven percent again it was down today by the way 4.6 percent today so it sold off today from the highs a little bit and we want that to continue of course but you know so so jamie diamond uh, had a uh, kind of a negative vibe and then brian morning came out bank of america ceo came out and said well, uh, consumers spending is up 6% year over year. Uh, people weren't using their credit lines. There's a lot of reasons. There's a, a lot of room for that to grow. Uh, we, we're not seeing late payments. Uh, so Bank of America was, it was a very positive vibe that Brian Moynihan gave off. And I think that's a more accurate one. Uh, I don't trust Jamie Dimon for a lot of reasons. Uh, they canceled on my bank accounts in about 2011. Uh, for that's one reason. We banked with them for, I don't know, 15 years and they canceled 12 of our bank accounts, corporate and personal. Uh, and that's another story for another time that they don't like really being called to the carpet or, uh, or, or told that, uh, you know, explain to people all the, all their uh, criminal indictments and, 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 and their criminal char charges that have actually come out. They've actually been found guilty. Of criminal charges and just nothing ever happens to them about rigging markets and of course a lot of that's the gold market all the things they've done uh but anyway um so i, I i'm not a big fan of jamie uh, uh jamie diamond remember when when bitcoin was like fifteen thousand, uh 15 to seventy thousand in that range memory serves he was out telling people it was a scam uh blah 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 don't invest in it and then you find out later on the whole time JP Morgan Chase was developing Bitcoin product, crypto products, right? So again, you know, you got to be careful. I, I think Moynihan is a better representative, uh, gives a better representative uh, a position of where we are as an economy. Uh, I think Jamie Dimon, I would call him a useful idiot. Obviously, he's not an idiot, but he's he's a he's a tool. He's used, I think, at points, and I, I tend to short him. And go the other way when Jamie Dimon is saying something. I think I think there's a pretty well established trend there. So anyway, um, uh, again, I, I, as you can tell you, the, the the things that we watch are so important here. Uh, uh, semis, the semis bottomed yesterday. The semis were down a couple percent, and then whew, here came the whoosh, and they finished up big on the day. 
right? That there was not an outside day. It was very close to it. Uh, but it was a very strong reversal higher. And then, uh, then, you know, the semis are up today, led again. Semis are up one point, uh, better than 1.6% today, leading everything higher. And that is textbook. That's what you want to see. And then, uh, QQQ, the uh, NASDAQ 100, also up solidly today, as was, you know, regular NASDAQ. So, uh, that's leadership. That's what we want to see. We know that October is crash month. Yes, that's true. We also know that October is known as the bear killer. Uh, so it's a, it's the best month to buy stocks. The only question is, will the next couple of weeks give us another opportunity to buy lower? I think we had a really big rally in front of us, and then we'll find out. Uh, I was going to make one final note about, I mentioned rates a minute ago. Here's here's what I've come up with, and this is something Tyler and I've talked about a whole lot. People don't talk about this a whole lot, but the Fed is aggressively selling their 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 bond portfolio. They sold over a trillion dollars worth of bonds in quantitative easing that they acquired by printing paper. You know, it doesn't cost them anything to 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 buy these bonds. What a scam, right? If only we could do that. But they now have been employing quantitative tightening, means they're selling off some of the portfolio of bonds, and they sold over a trillion dollars so far. And look, that, that's a lot of bond selling. That, that selling creates higher yields. And that's exactly what we've seen. So the, the Fed is at the point now where they want to put this inflation problem to bed and they want to do it once and for all. I think this is what the markets understand that the Fed is employing quantitative tightening. They're furthering the move higher in rates. They want rates to keep going higher to finally snuff out inflation. Doesn't that make sense? It makes sense to me. Because they want to get this over and done with, period. And they want, uh, they want to knock the economy back a little bit, but they have to do it by uh, rates being too high for a little while, then fine. Uh, because again, Atlanta Fed still says the economy is growing by 5% in the third quarter. So there's still a lot of strength there. Of course, we see it in employment, et cetera. But remember, and this is, I think, a key point. Next year is a big year because it's presidential election year. The Fed wants this done this year. So it's not a problem next year because next year, they may not be cutting rates in the first quarter of next year, second quarter, I think they will be, but everyone's going to be knowing that it's coming. The pause is the pause and the rate cuts will follow. And that's going to drive the markets, that anticipation. And the Fed will want that because they are the very definition of the state, capital S, and the uniparty. That is the Federal Reserve. That's who they are. And so their team, the uniparty, their team, they want to see them win next year. And the best way to do that is not to have a recession, but to have a hot stock market and a solid economy. So they want to get this all behind them, uh, and then uh, next year will be a good year. By the way, again, I mentioned being conspiracy theorists. Here's a good one for you. I think the world is uh, is a, it's all manufactured. I think we live in. I think that what we t- we're told about, uh, you know, we're 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 we hate this country, we hate that country. Yeah, I, I don't, I really, I think we're living through pretty much a scripted movie. And I think that uh, there's a, we have a manufactured global economy where the countries work together. And the last thing the Fed wants right now, uh, and this applies in Europe as well, the ECB, the last thing they want is a battling inflation. Is China to have a really strong economy? Because that's the question everybody's had. Wait a minute. How did China not, how did their economy not take off after they lifted all their Rona? All their pandemic strategy of policies in place, right? Because the U.S. did, Europe did. Once they reopened the economies, all that money people saved, but people couldn't wait to take trips, go shopping, right? And it, it, we had GDP growth like we'd never seen before. But that didn't happen in China. 
Well, how about this for the reason? Central banks didn't want that to happen. Now we're dealing with inflation. The last thing they need is a hot Chinese economy. So I say all that to say this. The Chinese, are, I believe, are purposefully keeping their economy down. But at the first sign of U.S. economic trouble, and we're already seeing that same kind of trouble in Europe. Matter of fact, it's essentially in recession now. Uh, the first sign of trouble, the Chinese will turn back on their economic engine. And then that will support the global economy. We'll see it in copper. We'll certainly see it in Chinese tech stocks, which we are along. I think... Tyler was told me he just had a great a great podcast from a uh, 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 I can't remember the name of this group that does it. They do a smart money podcast. Uh, their, their guy this week was saying that he expects, and we've been saying this now for a couple three months. He expects the Chinese economy and, and really the markets to really take off over the next year. I think that's exactly right. Uh, we're, we're long Chinese internet stocks through KWeb, KWeb. Uh, I add to that position uh, as often as I can because I think we're going to see the Chinese market really take off when the thumb is taken off the Chinese economy and uh, the, the real rulers of the world, whoever runs the cartels, right, all that, uh, uh, t- it says, okay, you, you can go ahead and turn it back on. Now we need your help, right? So, you know, you watch copper, uh, you watch tech stocks globally, certainly in China. You start getting a clue what's going shipping stocks, right? Start getting a clue what's really going on. Uh, and I think, again, that's the setup for next year. Uniparty wants to win next year. I do think there's a very good, I do think there's a good chance they're going to have a clean sweep for Democrats. I, I just, the Republican Party just does not have their act together at all. And so, um, We'll see what happens, but that's that's how they do it. That's how I if I were if I was running uh, that side, the uniparty of the state Democrat Party really doesn't exist. It's really the state uniparty uh, that that controls the whole thing. That's what I would do. I would say, look, let's make sure we get a rock solid economy next year. Let's get the stock market rocking and rolling. I would bring Biden back to the middle. Uh, you know, because I think he's going to be the – I know a lot of people don't think this. I think he will be the nominee uh, and, uh, you know, ha- have him look normal and stop backing these crazy communist policies and everything that they're – it makes us all scratch our head and go, what are they thinking, you know? Uh, 90% of the country is like, boy, that's not – none of us practice what you're talking about. Stop talking about transgenderism. Stop trying to uh, inundate our kids with sex when they're in kindergarten. And so no one wants that. I don't really uh, – it's a different comp, uh, story for different times. It's all about communism, really. But bottom line is I think that's the strategy for the left and for the state, for the uniparty next year. That's what I would do. And I think the, that's important because if we really want to crush the market next year, we're going to have to be really long. And I think that rally is either started now or – or mid-October. I think we're right there, though. I think we're right there. Um, finally, um, oh, one more point on rates. Everybody is so freaked out about rates. I mean, our first mortgage is close to 11%. I don't remember exactly. I think it was 10, a half, 11% on our first mortgage, okay? Uh, so, yeah, 7, 7.5% now is not good. But, again, everything is all relative, right? Perspective helps. Well, during the biggest bull market this country ever had, 1995 to 2000, dot-com melt-up, uh, NASDAQ went up 575%. You know, uh, it's just a crazy time, cr- a crazy great time to be an investor, especially if you're in tech. But 
but the average the average on the ten year yield during that five year melt up was better than five percent. There were points it was over six percent on the ten year. Well, again, we're four point six percent now. So again, I think perspective helps. Internet stocks, tech stocks screamed higher, even when rates were higher than they are now. And I know we, this is different times. We have a lot more debt. I get all that. Uh, but I just want to make the observation. All right. Uh, let's take a look at the hood today, and we'll, then we'll wrap this up, wrap this podcast. Again, good internals today. Let me do a quick refresh, get the last read. Uh, I'm going to round up uh, two to one, uh, positive. Uh, advanced decline, NYC and NASDAQ. Volume was almost three to one positive for NYC. It's been a long time since we've seen volume, uh, 2.7 to one actually. It's been a long time since we've seen that. And, uh, uh, what was NASDAQ here? Uh, 1.8 to one positive. Good reading there. The negative, and this is the thing that's, uh, is really a head scratcher, uh, because 52 highest lows have just been kind of bizarre readings for a long time. Not good today though. We had 533 stocks hitting a new 52-week low to just, what is this, uh, 80 stocks hitting a new 52-week high. So we, we definitely want to see that change. But we did open lower today, so that helps that, that's a cumulative number. It can't get better throughout the day. Those lows are always going to show as lows. So I think that helps explain a little bit. Uh, in our sector watch today, 10 of 11 sectors finished higher. Good good read here. Uh, led by communication services up 1.1%, materials up 1%. A lot, a lot of groups up around 1%, including uh, technology uh, and uh, utilities for the uh, – Loser, even though rates were down today, utilities are hard to they're hard to judge. Down two point one percent today. Uh, I think that's going to be a tell. You know, if you're want you want to figure out when are rates going to really start plummeting, the utilities will give us a good clue on that. Um, also, oil reversed lower today in the commodity watch. Let's go ahead and get to that. But uh, it was interesting that energy stocks held up. I think that's the play. I was just running this, this chart before this podcast. Uh, I see a catapult pattern taking place in XLE, the energy uh, stock ETF, catapult pattern where we got extreme overbought. We had that shakeout that lasted a few days, and now we're rip-roaring back up again. Uh, Oil, you know, flip-flopped around today some, uh, finishing uh, down in the day, a couple percent down a dollar ninety-one a barrel. But energy stocks held strong. Uh, they're just so cheap based on cash flow multiples. We don't really use PE multiples for, for this group. Based on cash flow and based on – you know, honestly, where oil is going to uh, – the market is a great discounting mechanism. The market kind of has a pretty good feel about where oil is going to be. Oil is going to be in six months to a year from now, probably a couple of years. Uh, again, our view, and, and, and you know, Tyler's had a great handle on this, is that oil is going to break $100 a barrel, and it probably won't be below it for a long time. A lot of money to be made in this group. A gold today, uh, disappointing. I mean, the dollar's been super strong. Rates have been higher, of course. Gold is uh, being being shellacked here. It's a buying opportunity, though. Gold today was down $9 an ounce, half percent, at eighteen eighty one an ounce. Remember, gold is still in the last um, – I just saw this. I should run the numbers for this podcast. Gold is up a lot in the last five years, uh, and uh, while the market has been all over the map, so uh, it's a great store of value. That's really what it really is, and uh, it's it's what you want to own instead of saving in dollars that are worth less and less every single day. This is your saving mechanism right here, and it'll probably at one point be, I think, be an amazing money making opportunity, capital gain 
opportunity in gold. Today, down $9 an ounce again, 1882. Silver up 11 cents an ounce at 2283. Copper uh, up 7 cents. It's up 2% today for copper. Dr. Copper at 371 a pound. That may be a tail right there. Crude oil. Again, down 2% today at 9181. And finally, on the day, Bitcoin up 898. Good move today in Bitcoin, 27,157. Uh, again, we've added Bitcoin back to the Vero portfolio. We like it a lot. Uh, supply demand story, folks. That's really what this is here. At some point, all these ETFs are going to be approved. Uh, it's going to be blessed, right, by the, uh, by the uh, investing gods at the SEC. And then it'll be off to the races. Uh, great. I think it's a great buy here. All right, folks. Always appreciate you listening. Hope you had a great day and even better night. We'll see you back here again tomorrow after the close.